This podcast is brought to you by the Maryland State Library Agency. The MSLA podcast features presenters from statewide youth programs, as well as learning opportunities for library staff and resources for patrons of the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled. Good morning, everyone. This is a presentation of the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled Technology User Group. For more information about the Technology User Group or the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled, visit our website at lbph.maryland.gov. That's L, B as in boy, P as in Paul, H dot Maryland.gov. And today we are going to be talking about many different things, including iOS 17 and Apple this and all that kind of stuff. And there's going to be parts of it that uh, you may want to listen to later. There's going to be a situation where you may want to listen to the entire podcast. And you're like, well, where can I find the podcast? Well, you can play the podcast on any smart device by asking it to play the Maryland State Library Agency podcast. And it's going to play the most recent one, which is usually a technology user group, but it may not be. You could always ask your smart device to play the previous podcast, and it will certainly do that. You can also look for Maryland State Library Agency on your Victor Reader stream and subscribe to it. You can also do that with any pod catcher. Again, feel free to look for the Maryland State Library Agency and you will find the podcast. Also want to thank Tiffany for her uh, hosting the meeting last month while I was on the shore. Much appreciated. She did such a fine job. Uh, again, you want to hear the outstanding work that she did, you can definitely um, look for one of those previous podcasts uh, of the Technology User Group. Speaking of the Technology User Group, let me just update you on what's coming up in the next couple of months, because um, in November, we start a week early because of Veterans Day weekend. So instead of being on the second Saturday in November, we're going to be on the first Saturday in November. So November 4th, we will be doing our annual assistive technology gifts for the holidays. There are several vendors from around the country that have submitted um, their, their thoughts about what you should buy. Of course, I'll be looking for some unique items out there for everyone to uh, take a look at. And on the Saturday, December the 9th, ITG, which is a subsidiary of uh, Humanware out of Virginia, they will be coming and talking to us about some of the offerings that Humanware has to offer. And I think I told them especially to concentrate a little bit on the Victor Reader Stream 3. And I think there's still a lot of interest. I know a lot of people are going out and buying them, but I'm sure there's still a lot of interest for those people who want to kind of know the difference between the models and, and that kind of thing. If you're going to be in the Baltimore area, we're very fortunate to have a representative from DOT Incorporation in town until the 15th. And she will be stopping by the library on Friday, November the 3rd at 12.30 p.m. She has with her the DOT pad, which is 
a great device if you have not seen one. It is basically a 300 cell refreshable braille cell tablet that does both text and graphics. And again, if you have the time or inclination and you'd like to see this amazing device and learn all about what it can and cannot do, um, it's Friday, November 3rd at 12.30 at the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled, which is located at 415 Park Avenue in Baltimore. So I hope that you'll come out and take a look at it. And for those of you who are joining today's presentation or listening to today's presentation on podcast, it's never too late to become a member of uh, NLS and join your regional library anywhere in the country. But if you're not sure what that library is or, or the process or any of that kind of stuff, you can call 888-NLS-READ. That's 888-657-7323. So hope you'll take advantage of that. And one last announcement is that the technology user group is moving to the Zoom platform in January, not November, not December, but in January. So be expecting that. It's probably going to be some growing pains as we get used to the new system, although Many groups have been doing Zoom for the past three years, so I figured most people's probably about ready for it, can handle it, and will do a good job. And so let's get into today's presentation. Um, many of you, I know, have come across Thomas um, Domville in his um, many presentations, as he does for AppleVis. He has um, uh, another podcast that I've noticed out there. If he wants to talk about that, he can. But he is an innovator. He is a valuable resource to the blind community. AppleViz, I don't know what we'd do without it. But without um, further delay, let's, let's hear from Thomas. Good morning, Thomas. Well, good morning, Jerry. Thank you so much. This is uh, a, a privilege and an honor to be here. I'm so excited to uh, represent for the state of Maryland. So good morning, everybody. I am coming to you from the state of Missouri, as we say in Missouri, Missouri. So welcome to the state of Missouri. Um, I, I totally agree with you, Jerry. You must, you must be an NLS member. I am in the state of Missouri. I highly recommend it, and it's a great resource. And not only that, but you get uh, access to things like uh, Bard example, which is very big in my life. Lots of books here. So my name is Thomas Tomville. Some of you may know me as Not a Mouse. I know that's a funny name. Um, it's a little story behind that, and that all began with AppleViz. So for those that have Apple products, a lot of people have the iPhone. Some people might have some Apple Watch or the AirPods or Mac. So AppleViz is designed for those with low vision and blind that can come and talk about their Apple products with the community. So it's based on a community. So everybody is a part of AppleVis. And that's what makes the site so beautiful is that we are able to talk about questions that you might have, or maybe you want to do some resources and finding out if a particular issue has 
been seen as other people have the same problem or you just got a simple questions and it's a great resources to find apps you know there's a lot of apps out there i'm sure we could always love to try out and play with see if there's something that we can use you can find out if it's accessible what's wrong with it things like that various guides blogs and of course podcasts that's where my specialty is and that's where i pretty much live at most of the time i put out a lot of kind of a how-to tips and then i do reviews of apps um and then once a month we have a monthly show uh, show called apple Biz unleashed in which we discuss about Apple news, um, rumors and things to that might be upcoming, or we might discuss about current things about Apple and the works. There's all sorts of things for you to find at AppleBiz. So when I first joined AppleBiz, oh my goodness, folks, that's, I'm trying to think, has it been that long? I want to say it's been about 12 years since I've been on AppleBiz. And when I first joined, um, it asked for a username. Uh, it's like, well, do I really want to use my real name or not? And so I was, um, I've always been a nerd and been in the computer field all my life um, as a programmer, net, uh, computer network administration and things like that. And then I just kind of bowed out. So I decided um, I'm a huge Mickey Mouse fan. So I love Disney. So I decided to come with Anonymous. So Anonymous including the letter E, so anonymous. So that's how that came to be. So I get a lot of questions about how that um, came about. And so it kind of stuck, and people kind of like it, so I just stuck with the anonymous. And then later on, I just they wanted to know who I was. <laughs> I just go by both now. Um, so today, <clears throat> Jerry wants me to kind of preview the good, bad, and ugly of the iOS 17. So that came out last month in September, and some of you are probably either still waiting to let the dust settle, and before you take that leap into iOS 17, I completely understand. And then some of you probably have already taken the leap and starting to find some pretty cool, useful stuff in there, along with the uglies and bads of the bugs. So I thought I'd focus in three areas. One is more for accessibility in terms for voiceover and low vision folks that might take advantage of the new things in iOS 17. And I'll get into the general things that I found was kind of like, whoa, I should, this is kind of cool, which means it's not just for uh, accessibility, but for general users, everybody could take advantage of it. And then lastly, I'll talk about the bugs. And then I probably I probably stop a couple of times for Q and A's if if time to allow, and so people can ask questions, and we'll go from there. That sound good, Jerry? I muted myself, uh, Holmes, but yes, yes, that sounds good. <laughs> just, just let me know when you're ready, and I'll, I'll I'll definitely unmute everybody. Okay. The first thing I noticed when I first got my iOS 17, I installed it, and is something is off about my phone. It, it seems to vibrate a little different and you got this little haptic. It's like, does that change? Is that different? Yeah, it is. It's not your imagination. At first, I thought it was my imagination. It's, oh my gosh, what's, 
what's going on with my phone that I never had before. So now when you do your swipes, when you swipe left, right, um, open up an app, close an app, just various things, you're going to notice that the haptic had changed. Um, from, you know, we've got a mixed review on the team on this. And when it first was in beta, it was really aggressive. I mean, it was like, it was going nuts. And we felt that, like, it was a little too much. Can you tone it down? And that's what we ended up getting was a little bit of a toned-down version of it. I like it myself. Now, a couple of other team members do not like it, and they just simply disable some of the haptic, which you can do within settings. You can kind of disable a few of those. And um, But I enjoy the new haptic feeling, and I also noticed, what is that strange tone? And every time I got a notification, I got a new tone that came up. And so they changed your tone. So the tone that you hear in 17 is a little subtle. I know there's been a lot of complaints. It's a little quiet. And I have to agree with you. Um, hang in there. 17.1 comes out in a couple of weeks. And it will improve on that sound. So it's a little louder. So it was great to see that we got new sets of tones. So when you go into uh, set different tones to different things, like um, there's 24 new ringtones, and a lot of those are pretty cool, and it takes advantage of the new haptic. And once again, it's very aggressive and very pronounced. It's like, wow, that's really aggressive. And you can change the tones with that. So that's the first thing you're going to notice when you get into iOS 17. Those with the voiceover users, now you have the open per voice settings. I know you're probably like me, is that sometimes I like to tweak the voice just a wee bit because either it's just not going fast enough or I just need the tone to change. You can do that now within voiceover and change the voice. Now they have this open per voice settings. And what makes this kind of sticks out is that you can modify per voice um, and it will stick. So it'll memorize what you had there. So you had two voices. I know some people out there like to have multiple voices and one of the speed is too fast or the pitch is a little off. You can change it and alternate that. And then when that voice comes up, it's slower and different pitch or this voice comes up, it's a little faster, and it also has a different type of pitch. This will vary on which voice you're trying to set to. So in other words, every voice you try to modify may differ from each other. So for example, eloquence is uh, where you'll see a significant amount of settings you can do to tweak eloquence. And it also comes with the enhanced version now. I was like, well, I didn't think Eloquence even had an enhanced version, but it does now. And you're able to kind of slow it down, make it a little bit more airy and things like that, which is very useful. I am more of a new voice person, so I use Enhanced Tom. A lot of people notice that. Um, there's not a whole lot you can do with Tom. Uh, you can kind of slow him down and speed him up, not in terms of voice over speed, but just to kind of this pitch or how many words per minute you can kind of do with his voice. And that's kind of the same for Alex. I know that Alex is kind of a, uh, a lot used in a lot of people in the same way. 
if you thought Alex was too fast, you can slow it down more. So work per minute can go down. So it's a little different than the voiceover speed per se. And some of you, I know I've had some people that use Alex and it's incredibly fast. I can't even understand <laughs> where they use it and they can just understand it. And so you can make that go even faster to your heart desire. So um, that's a wonderful setting a lot of people are taking advantage of. Those with the pro devices that is using what we call LiDAR. And there are two new features um, that takes advantage of the LiDAR. And one of those I really don't understand at all. So text detection is something that a lot of you probably are familiar with from Microsoft Scene AI short text, meaning that you just kind of put your phone in front of a product and I'll just kind of read it quickly. It's not meant to read everything on it. It's just kind of for you to scan a product and say, oh, all right, this is my lucky charm box. All right, I got the right one. I don't want to have frosted flakes or whatever that is. And um, so you know you'll be able to scan it quickly. Well, tech detection is the exact same feature. What's weird about this, guys, and I don't understand it, it's for LiDAR-capable only phone. And I'm thinking, that can't be right, and it is. So I guess that's Apple's way of saying, you got to buy the LiDAR to take advantage of or you could just use your scene AI if you don't have the pro models and do the same task. But they do have another one, which a lot of you might have heard, is called Point and Speak. I haven't really talked a great deal of this on Apple Is or done any podcasts, and there's a reason for that. At first, I thought this would be an amazing feature. This is a feature that, let's say I'm on a microwave oven, and I'm on the display, it's flat, can't see anything, there's no bumps, no anything. And essentially, in theory, you're supposed to put your finger towards the word that you wanted to describe to you, and I'll tell you that word. So I'll say popcorn or baked potatoes or number one, number two, number three. Well, on paper, that sounds great. But in, in reality, for those who are blind, first of all, <laughs> how think about this, guys. It's like, all right, well, sounds great. Where do I point? I have no idea what I'm going to be pointing at. So I'll try. I'll try to point somewhere I think is a button, and I get no response. And then I put my finger in it, and it's in between two buttons. So I think this is going to be great for low vision folks. It just needs a little bit of help, more of a system to say, I know there's something there. Can you read that for me? And that's, I think that's where it's going to shine. I think for those that are blind, um, it's a little more difficult, more challenging. I'm not saying it. It isn't possible, but it's just it's just more challenging. So I'm not a big fan of the point and speak. So on paper it sounds great, reality, eh. So I'm not sure if I'll do a podcast on it, and I might just just kind of demonstrate how difficult it is, and that you're not missing much if you're not having lidar. And um, some of the big things um, you probably heard is the live speech and the cloning of your voice. So essentially what this was designed for is for people that have speech disability, if they aren't able to talk very well, or there's just something with their uh, voice that they're kind of embarrassed, 
you can now use something called live speech. Now, live speech is part one of two things. Live speech allows you to type in what you want to say on a phone call or on FaceTime and tell them via TTS. So you say, good morning, and I'll just say good morning and TTS. So it's a beautiful and wonderful uh, feature, I think, that is going to make a huge difference for those that have speaking difficulties. And I know I have some friends that are deaf, although they can talk, but as you know, sometimes the voice is a little off or whatever not, and and um, they will use this live speech. Now we do have the personal voice where you can actually clone your voice. And yeah, it does clone your voice. It's a little flat. So there's no inflection, there's no personality to it, um, but it does work and it does sound like you. Um, it's just a very monotone voice. It's like, good morning, all of you. It's just very strange. But um, nonetheless, that person that lost their voice is still want to use their voice a little bit and they can clone their voice and I'll be able to talk uh, without any difficulty. So this is something that's really um, I'm excited for. And no, a lot of people ask, can I use it as a TTS voice? No, you cannot. Not at this time. Um, I like how Apple kind of clamped this down a little bit. You cannot clone a, uh, let's just say I want um, Samuel Jackson to my, be my voice. <laughs> that would be kind of cool, right? It doesn't work because you have to follow these prompts that pops up and they change each and every time you do want to clone your voice. So there's just impossible to get that voice to say exactly what um, the screen says. It's a pretty lengthy process. It takes a lot of time. Those using voiceover, it's, you're going to find it's kind of difficult um, because you'll have to mute your speech each time you talk because voiceover is talking at the same time and that doesn't work right. So you probably want to wear a headset that has a microphone when you do that. Probably my um, my personal advice to you. Braille users, Braille display users are going to love the sound curtain. Now you may be familiar with the screen curtain, which voiceover use now, and I absolutely love using my screen curtain because I can just turn my screen completely black, and nobody can kind of lean over and see what you're doing and whatever not. I love that. I got some people that will ask me, what are you doing? There's nothing on the screen. <laughs> and I have to explain to them. Say, well, that's because I did that on purpose for people like you that didn't, can't see it. <laughs> but anyway, sound curtain, what this does is that if you enable this feature and you plug in your Braille display, as soon as you plug in your Braille display and it pairs with your iPhone or iPad, the sound will automatically mute. In other words, voiceover stops talking. Now, you still get some notifications and things like that, um, the sounds, but the voiceover voice stops. So it can be very tricky for some. So if you're new to Braille and you use Braille users, be very careful when you plug in your Braille display with the sound curtain because voiceover will turn off. Um, not to fear. All you have to do is unpair your Braille display and your voiceover voice will come back. So you got to be pretty proficient with Braille um, to be able to use your iPhone. So for those that are proficient, 
uh, are going to like this song. I, I'm thinking a lot of my blind deaf friends are going to love that, so it isn't jabbing and blabbing because they're not able to hear how loud their voice is being projected on their phone. Is you know, um, they're not aware that it's being very loud, so this will disable that. So it's a very nice feature. One of my favorite, and I've done a podcast with them recently, is the Long Press. Um, for those that are familiar with the Long Press, you do one finger double tap and hold. And there's always kind of a slight pause. Now you're able to speed that up, and it's a wonderful feature. I've done that, so it makes things more go quickly. So productivity goes a little faster for me. I enjoyed that. Now for those that have difficulties and doing double tap and long press things like that, you probably want to leave that alone. There are some new Siri voices. Now, not so much new Siri voices, but they enhanced it a little bit. And I can't tell the difference. It does seem to be a little more natural, and it's kind of pretty nice. I, I like using the new Siri voice. Uh, my favorite is voice number four, U.S. English. Um, it sounds very clean, and the way it says things is pretty nice. And my one of my favorite things, I can speed it up now. Um, I can see, I could probably ask, you know, raise your hand if you thought Siri's kind of slow sometimes. It's like, oh, my gosh, could you <laughs> just give me the answer or, or, or just say it a little quicker? And we weren't able to control that. Now you're able to speed up the voice of Siri so it goes as fast as your voiceover voice now if you want to do it. It is separate, of course. The voiceover voice is separate from the Siri voice speed. But the point is, is that if you like fast voiceover voice, you can now have fast Siri voice. Some of the things that are more for general users, but it also in terms for accessibility folks out there, I thought was pretty kind of cool is that you, you are a Safari user. You have something called listen to page. I can invoke Siri and say, read this page to me. And what it'll essentially do, guys, it'll strip out all the advertisement, all the links, everything. It makes it, oh, my gosh, it, you can actually listen to an article without um, all these links. And you probably can uh, relate to that. When I swipe to the right, it goes click, and it goes to a link, and it drives me bonkers. But now you can listen to it. Oh, it's just beautiful as can be. There's a little downside to it, and that is there is no magic app to stop the speech. They'll have to go back into this page settings and go under what they have more controls. And from there, you can speed up the voice or you can have it stop. Hopefully, I can um, reach out to Apple and tell them a magic tap would be great in this area to stop listening to the page. FaceTime. Now, a lot of people don't know about this, and during FaceTime, one of the new cool things, guys, is that it's not just for FaceTime ex exclusive, but I hear that you're going on Zoom. Well, this will work with Zoom. It'll work with any video conferencing platform that you have out there, but built-in and baked-in is for FaceTime, and you'll have to activate it to make it work on Zoom and such is that you have gestures that can be implemented during the video conferencing. So if you are looking at the camera, and for example, if I put a thumbs up, you're gonna hear this little tone, 
And for those with vision, we'll see a, a thumbs up to the side of me. So it's really kind of cool how they do this visually. So they're taking advantage of the uh, surrounding of my face. So they're going to use the background in back of me and the side of me, not directly in front of me. And that's the same for a thumbs down. You'll say I dislike something and a little thumbs down shows up. My two thumbs up is one of my favorites. If you do two thumbs up, it'll do fireworks. And you'll see these fireworks display being displayed in back of you. And what's cool about this, guys, is that that person that you're having a FaceTime with doesn't have to have iOS 17. So they can be in iOS 16 and still be able to see that cool effect behind you. And I believe that should be the same for Android. So if you're FaceTime um, with an Android user, you should be able to see that same effect. So there's different things like raining, two thumbs down, um, my one of my ultimate favorite is that you put your finger in the shape of a heart, and I'll show a heart displaying. So that'd be really kind of uh, a cool little deal you can do for your loved ones out there. You do a piece size, you'll do balloons and confetti. So you can do two piece fingers up, and you can do laser effect, which is the rock on gesture. And that is the gestures of that you use in FaceTime now. Those are low vision. There's now a level tool that helps you. Now, for those of voiceover, you're not going to really take advantage. It does that now. You'll get a little haptic feeling that says turn right, turn left. It just kind of lets you know that when you're taking a picture, you're kind of offset and you need to make it level. Well, there's now a level tool for those low vision that can see visually on the screen, kind of like a little. Uh, level and it'll just turn different colors when you're level and when you're not level. So I thought this is kind of a cool feature to mention to my Logan's folks out there. And then lastly, we have the audio transcription for iMessages. This is long overdue. We had transcription for voice uh, voice mail in our in our phone, but we never had it for our messages. When somebody sends an audio to you. There was never a uh, capability of being able to transcribe it, and now that is alive. Now, it is a bug in 17.0, and you're not going to be able to see it. Um, it'll just say there's no transcription, but fortunately, 17.1, which is soon to come out, does work. So I'm glad to report on that. Okay, well, um, let's talk about... Hmm, Let's talk about some general things that I think is kind of cool that it will affect us as well. Have you guys ever had, of course, you know, we all want to sign into a, uh, a website or, or an account on your web page using Safari, for example, and you have to go, oh, man, it's a two-step darn thing and I have to get the authentication number. And, you know, that, that can be kind of painful because if you're like me, if you spit a six digit number to me, I'll just I'll just blank it out. I'll say, what? Three, one, what? <laughs> and you have to enter said so many seconds. But the fortunate thing is a lot of people don't know is that um if you receive a text from one of these 
places where it sends you an auth code. Did you know when you double tap on that enter verification code field, if you double tap that and then at the bottom left where you have your password, did you know that it'll pop up that says text message auth number? Yeah, you just double tap that and it'll put the verification number in there. A lot of people don't know about that and that's been around for a couple of years now. But now in 17.0, it does it to your email as well. So you have email and text and it'll be in the same place. Plus, there's new settings that once you're done with that verification code, it will automatically delete that text and email for you. That's nice because I'm always having to clean it out. Um, unnecessary clutter so that does it automatically for you now. This is another major thing I think a lot of us can use is the check-in feature. You may or may not have heard about this. Now, within iMessages, where you enter your message, and there's a little app button, you tap on that, and it opens it up. There's audio, and there's all sorts of things. But one of those is check-in. If you are wanting to keep somebody in the know where you are and how long it's going to take for you to get home, the check-in feature is something you should use. So let's just say I'm coming home. I want to let my wife know that I'm on my way home. I can perform a check-in. I can tell her that it's probably going to take me X number of minutes to get there. And from there, she'll get a message saying I'm on my way. And if that time elapsed longer than you had specified, he will get a message saying it's taking a little longer for Thomas to get home, what's going on. And she can go in and see exactly where I'm at, location-wise, and whatnot. And so this is really great to keep a tap on um, your safety and for just getting, um, making sure people get home or to work on time or whatnot. So that's a nice feature to have. One of my favorite, too, is I can share password with my family. Why is that important? Do you have a family that have Netflix or Disney Plus or Hulu? I do. And I more times than not, my wife may create all those passwords. I have no idea what the password is. I'm always having to text her. Wouldn't it be nice if we could share selected passwords? You don't share all your passwords. You just put in what password you want to share with your family. So I want to put Netflix in there. Here's the credentials, and here's the password for it. And I can now look it up in within my password keychain area. So that is something I really love doing with my family so we don't have to keep telling each other, um, here's the password, we changed it, what I'm not. People that are using WhatsApp. Now, I know a lot of folks in the States probably don't use WhatsApp a lot, but it's very heavily used in the outside of the United States. Um, you can now tell Siri that I don't want when I say I want to send a message to Thomas, it doesn't necessarily mean that you send it to iMessage anymore. You can tell it to use WhatsApp. And so every time you send a message to Thomas, it will send a message via WhatsApp. That is something pretty huge for those outside the states. They take advantage of that. That also works with Telegram and whatnot. There are some other things that um, – have you ever gone out of town where I always like to download um, – I have to use Google Maps, so I need to download the maps because I'm going to be getting in areas that doesn't have cell reception. Once you 
And you've probably been there, right? And so you need that data to be able to download the maps. Well, now you can download off, uh, offline maps for Apple Maps. So that's long, long overdue. Let's see what else I got my here. If you're one of those people like myself that lose things all the time. Now, if you're an Apple Watch user, one of the nice things that I had with my Apple Watch, if I misplace my phone, Yes, Thomas misplaces phones a lot, and uh, <laughs> I, I, and, you, and you're just you know you're scouring your, your family room looking for that phone. Where did I put it? Well, on the Apple Watch, there's a nice feature that they've been around for a couple of years now, where I can say ping my phone, and it works beautifully. It's just, oh, there it is. It's over there. Now you can do vice versa. So if I misplace my watch, you can now ping your watch. Um, this is kind of an unusual one, and I thought was pretty kind of cool. If you change your passcode for any reason, you want to change it because you need to. You have up to, I believe, 72 hours. So once you have changed the passcode, up to 72 hours, you can still enter your new passcode. But if you forget it, they'll know that kind of like, did you forget your passcode? And you go, oh, man, I did. Now I have an option that says, well, how about you enter your old passcode? And you can do that, and then it'll remind you what your new passcode is. I mean, how many of us can use that? Um, this other feature, now I'm surprised haven't been around, guys, and I'm just like baffled. We're in 2023, and they just now implemented multiple timers. I Yes, <laughs> we can only do one timer at a time before now. and. Um, now in 17.0, you can now set multiple timers and set labels to each of those multiple labels. So I can say, uh, take the pot off the stove in 10 minutes, or I can, or on top of that, I say take out the baking dish out of the oven. So when they both goes off, they'll say take out the item out of the oven. So you had the option to do multiple timers with labels. Kind of a similar thing with the iPhone and Apple Watch defining it. You now have the option to find your Siri remote if you have Apple TV. Now, that's the one I always lose. And that's because my kids or my wife is always moving things around. And God only knows where they put the dang remote. And now you're able to ping the remote and it'll help you locate it, which is very useful. And that is going to be wrapping up for the journal. And there's a lot more features out there available, of course. But some of those are the ones I enjoy the most, and I thought I'd share that with you that you probably haven't heard anywhere else. And I hope that, that gives you some ideas what you can expect in 17. Now, let's talk about the good, bad, and the ugly. All right, guys. Now, for those that are hanging back with iOS 16, you know, that's not a bad idea because 17 does have this issue. Now, last year when we went from 15 to 16, it wasn't that big of a deal. I thought, eh, there's nothing for you to wait on. And so for those that are waiting, I would wait. At least wait until 17.1 comes out, which will be out on October 24th. So write that on your calendar so that day comes out. Um, there are going to be a lot of fixes coming up, and that's going to be very great for a lot of the bugs that are creeping up 
and 17.0. So let's talk about some of the bad and uglies about this. The most notable one I am distracted, I totally hate, and I just, ugh, is that it doesn't happen all the time. It's inconsistent. There's no way to reproduce it, but sometimes I'm sitting there swiping, looking through my articles. Oh, that's a cool article, and I'll double tap. Nothing happens. I go, what in the heck? Now double tap again, and nothing happens. Double tap again. Oh, it works. So we call that the double tap problem, a bug. It's not consistent. It's not all the time, but when it does happen, it will drive you nutty and batty. Now, some people aren't seeing a lot of this issue, and that's great. I know that the team, everybody on our team has seen it, and it does occur, and it drives us nuts. And unfortunately, 17.1 is no better. Um, Apple can't seem to agree with us that it's a bug. Um, there are some workarounds. I've heard that you're able to change the time sensitivity between double tap. And if you alter that just a little bit, it will improve it, but it doesn't get rid of it entirely. Is it a showstopper? No, not at all. Just be aware that that does occur. BSI users, that's short for Braille screen input. Um, there are some issues from time to time. It does crash when you try to delete a word or enter a new line. Yes, I know that sounds kind of big. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it can dramatically affect your productivity. I'm not sure if that's fixing 17.1. That's something you'll have to visit AppleViz on October 24th to see our list of things that are fixed. Um, you probably want to look at that. There are a handful of moderate bugs, but nothing to be fear about. If you are a beginner or newbie to iOS, or you do not like bugs and drive C insane, you probably want to hold off until you read the 17.1 release that we have on AppleBit to see if that's something you want to update. I think a lot of those have been resolved, so I think you might want to reconsider at that point. Otherwise, hold off. Now, for more modern and advanced users, you're probably already on iOS 15, so you're probably dealing with that. So you're going to be happy to know a lot of these things are being resolved. So um, lots to chew on. There was lots that I've discussed in this cast. And so I thought I'll ask Jerry to open up the floor. So. This is my favorite part is to connect with other people. So I love meeting new folks and new voices and trying to connect with you and see if you have any questions. Hi, this is Mary Johnson. I have... Hi, Mary. Hello, how are you? That was a I lot of information. Um, right. I am a low vision person, very low vision, but not completely blind. Uh, the biggest issue that I've discovered with the new update 17, it changed my screen. It has the gray halo when you go into um, contacts. I don't see the full name that has um, large alphabets with the first and last uh, initials 
but there's a gray, like a window shade that mm -hmm. covers half of my screen. The numbers, the phone numbers and information, all of that is clear because I have adjusted my phone to the dark background so I see black background with white numbers. Now the names are hidden under this gray shade. Is this something that I can get rid of and make it back to normal? I struggle trying to see the person's name. Uh, because of, I call it a window shade because it just comes halfway my, and I have a, a 13 Pro Max. Yeah, you got the bigger screen real estate size, which is fantastic for, for low vision. You know, unfortunately, they they have, I don't know why Apple feels like they need to visually change things. And they do that every year to make things more appealing for those who are voice or with sighted, I'm guessing. They want to make it eye candy popping, you know? It's like, ooh, that's so pretty. But they never realize what they're doing to those who are low vision. Isn't that terrible? So I'm sorry to hear that. And it sounds like you're doing exactly what you need to do, and that is to try to um, change what you can in terms of what's given to you, being able to change the contrast, colors, and the filters on that particular app. So um, it sounds like you're doing that right. Anyway, I can get rid of that. I don't believe so. Don't quote me on that. But I don't think you can do a lot with it other than changing the filters and be able to try to um, change that on your own. Oh. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> uh, I don't have the kind of knowledge that you have when it comes to technology, but I was hoping you would have a quick fix. I don't. There is something called Open Per App, and that is something that a low vision can do to set up uh, different settings and tweaks per app. So if I open up contact, that contact gets tweaked based what I want that one to show up each and every time I open up contact. Are you open are you familiar with the open per app? No. <laughs> okay. That is something that you might have to research is uh I wish I was able to step you through it uh but there isn't enough time. But it's called open per app um that is a thing you might google it or something or find a podcast on how say, to do say that. that again it's called open per app per app yep i i don't mind the no. research if it's gonna a possibility helping me adjust to 17 um it is a doozy to work with i i must say very it interesting. Is, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's just, you can say that for every iOS version. It's always a doozy, but it's something we get used to and then we get adjusted to. I'm sure I can. I do appreciate your comment in every way. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Have a wonderful day, Mary. Thank you. You do likewise. All right. Hi, my name is Melissa. 
And I noticed in the live voicemail, as you're receiving the call, as voiceover is trying to read the transcript, it stutters. Has anybody noticed that? Yes. You're not alone, Melissa. And um, live mail, it's kind of a, you know, sometimes I, you know, this is, uh, Melissa is an advanced user here using live mail. Essentially what that means is that as somebody uh, leaves you a voicemail, you get a live translation. So this isn't something you wait until they left the message, but as they're talking, you can read the transcriptions that they're talking to see if you want to pick that line up so you can pick it up. So that's a new feature, but you're, you, you are uh, not alone. It is, there is problems with the live mail transcription. And um, I'm hoping that there's a fix on its way to resolve that problem. Thank you very much. I, you know, it's been kind of dri- driving me baffled. I'm about to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you, Melissa. And it's always so hard to know, is this a bug or is it, is it happening to other people? And I have to do the same thing. I kind of uh, bang up other, other people to see if that's the same issue. And so you're not um, alone on that. Uh, it just sounds like a hi, this is hi, this is hi, hi, hi. This is I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And it's like, oh, my God. You just <laughs> want to say, I, I just turn it off. Yep. That was a good recreation, by the way. That's exactly the way it sounds. <laughs> Hey, I'm you know, pretty good at that. <laughs> right? Uh, this is Aaron here. Uh, uh, this is Hello. Aaron Preston. Uh, how you doing? Hello. Great, Aaron. How are you? Good. Um, I was just wondering when this podcast, is this podcast available now? Like, this recording, and when this, because I heard say this, this is well, here's, recorded. Sure, here's the process. It's going to be recorded today. And I will take that recording and I will give it to our outreach librarian on, uh, well, she'll get it Monday. And then sometime between Monday and Wednesday, she'll probably, um, it'll be on the website first. And then it will be circulated as a podcast. So by Wednesday, for sure, it's on the website. Uh, Give it another week before it gets um, on our podcatcher. site okay could somebody okay. email me a copy or something um if you send me an email um to my jerry.price1 at maryland.gov and give me your address i can probably um send you a dropbox link to it actually okay so that's jerry.price1 at maryland.gov right. and maryland is spelled out and gov yep yep mm-hmm. so the one and only price. Any other questions for Thomas? Why we're fortunate enough to have him here. Hello, this is Harvey Hagee. Can you hear me? I sure can, Harvey. Hello, Tom. Uh, I have the iPhone SE three phone, and uh, the issue I've had with the seventeen update is I've had a lot of trouble with the numeric keypad uh, not working the way it was in sixteen. Uh, and I do have the Braille panel on my phone that you get from AT guys. Uh, do you know anything about that? Are you talking about the keypad disappearing or just not being able to tap on it? No, just not uh, entering the numbers that I'm 
punching. It uh, apparently is putting out false tones or uh, something that is not correct. Hmm. I haven't heard that problem. I mean, of course, I've heard about the double tap problem. As I mentioned to you, you might have tapped on it and nothing comes out of it. It's like, what in the world? You've got to keep tapping on it until you get results. And that might be due to the double tap problem, as I was mentioned before, is that you tap on it, nothing happens, or you might get some other uh, information that sounds like it's popping up, uh, but it really doesn't take it. Um, that might sound like it. That might be the issue on I'm thinking. Um, unfortunately, if that is the case, it's still an issue. And what drives me bonkers, Harvey, is that Apple is telling us that is expected behavior. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Wrong. You've got to be kidding me. Right? So there's a lot of people with the same complaints. So hopefully somebody in that little accessibility team will get, to get on the gear well, on that. Well, I have the 17.03 update, which uh, right. is different from the one that's coming out. But uh, also, sometimes we find Siri stops talking in the middle of reading a text or uh, a, a notification or whatever. Has uh, that happened? Oh, yeah. That's a known bug where it seems like sometimes it repeats back what you said. Sometimes it doesn't. That is a known bug, and a lot of people are uh, reporting it. Some of us are wondering because there's a new feature called Siri respond backs. In other words, if you ask a question about house and weather, and then I can follow it up saying, is it raining? It, all, it seems to be like listening all the time. So we wonder if that is um, cutting in. So it stops voiceover to start listening. Um, but um, it's still an issue in 17.1, unfortunately. Thank you. You're welcome, Harvey. So what's that Apple Viz? Is that a podcast or website or what? That's a great question. It's both. It is a website. I should have mentioned that as a website. You can go to AppleViz.com. It's A-T-P-L-E as in Apple. V is in Victor. I-S for vision. So AppleViz.com. It's a website you can come and visit. Yes, it does include podcasts you can listen to on the site itself, but it's mostly more geared to more of a community form. Thanks. Good morning, Thomas. This is Marguerite. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. I have not downloaded wanna... 17. Oh, okay. And the reason that I did not is I knew you were coming today, and so I wanted to um, hear what you had to say. But in the meantime, I've been having problems with my messages. Um, for some reason, if I um, ask Siri to play my, my messages, um, mm -hmm. and then I go back to messages to sort of tap on it, the message isn't there anymore. It's most bizarre. Really? I don't know. Yeah. And then I'm getting these little arrows, and I'm not sure what's going on with it. I don't know if I've hit something that I didn't intend to and changed the format of um, of the other messages. It's been really a challenge. And even when I search on somebody's name, because um, I want to pull up a, a message that i gotten from them recently, it's been a real challenge. I don't know what's going on with it. So do you have low vision? 
I have no vision. Or <laughs> no vision. So you're like me. We're we're a little okay. So yeah. You know, I I'm gonna tell you. You you stumped me. I have not heard that issue before, where <laughs> a message will simply disappear. Now, are you um, of course are you to the root? of messages so you can make sure that you're back to the main screen so you can see all the different messages and then make sure you're going in the right conversations well um you know normally i just go to messages and um yeah. you know when i go to the top it'll tell me the most recent unless i've got something pinned but um i'm not even able to do that this morning i took a look at it to see what it was and i, I know that there are messages in there but the most recent message at the top was some from maybe two or three days ago. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that most recent button is kind of a hit and miss. Um, unfortunately, you're going to have to go to the top left, make sure you're back out, and then find the person in question, tap it, and go to the bottom of that conversation sheet, the most recent one. Sometimes that yeah, most that's recent what I normally does, would do. Yep, that's right. exactly what I would normally do, but that it's not happening like that. It's the most oh bizarre thing. Yeah, I'm not sure what's what's happening. I probably need to go in and have somebody um, sit down with me because it's not functioning in any way that I'm familiar with. Well, that's not a bad idea. Um, another thing I, I highly recommend, if anybody comes to iOS 17, I know this is not desirable. But I know in some cases it probably will um, make things better for you. I never had to do this before until I was 17, is that I had to erase settings, not erase all content settings. Don't do that. Just erase mm -hmm. settings. And the bad part about that, I have to reset all my settings. Mm -hmm. um, but I will tell you, it cleared up a lot of problems I've, I've had for years. And all of a sudden mm. it worked, and I was like, and the, and and it seems like there was a lot of folks out there, a handful of people that were in the same boat that had a lot of issues, and they just erased the settings, and it was like a brand new phone. It's like everything was working as it's supposed to be. It just seems like an old computer, you know, when Windows gets slow and doggy, you reset it, and then it's just like, wow, it's like a brand new machine. It's almost becoming like Windows, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that. <laughs> we all relate to that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you, Thomas. Uh, so, uh, you're welcome. Sorry, I didn't have a great answer for you. Well, actually, you know, you moved me a little bit further. At least, um, you know, I really do need to go in and sit down with somebody that can sort of together. Maybe we can figure it out. Right. That's a good idea. Thank you so much. Great talking with you. Hmm. Thanks. You're welcome. Any other questions for Thomas here? I know it's a little bit after 11, but for those of you who are hanging around, if you have any questions, feel free to pop one in real quick. I know Thomas's time is uh, valuable, so. It's all good. I'll stay in as long as it needs to be. This is Marguerite again, Thomas. Is there a way to email you if we had a question, if we think of something beyond this time? Absolutely, yes. All of you can always send me an email. You can email me at thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S, at applebiz.com. 
So once again, okay. it's A-P-P-L-E, reason, Victor, I-S dot com. Okay, great. Thank you. That's simple. I thought you were going to put more to it. Yeah. I should have, you know. It's like Thomas the Anonymous Mouse at Applebee's, the blind, low vision, <laughs> slash, yeah. or slash. From Missouri. <laughs> from Missouri. <laughs> dot com. That way you wouldn't have to worry about getting any email. <laughs> oh, you didn't put the dash in there. Huh? Yeah. Exactly. You left that out. Sorry, I didn't get it. Well, Jerry. wild us this morning. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming out, Thomas. That was really fantastic. I think we all are happy that you stopped by and you definitely gave us a lot of information, a lot of stuff to process and a lot of stuff for us to go out and explore now to see whether or not we want to make that jump to 17, which I have. And I, I'm one of those that has this, the Siri cutting off in the middle of something uh, issue. So that I, I don't like, but I, but I do like the other features that, that it does have to offer and I'm enjoying it. And hopefully, uh, you know, well, that's wonderful. We'll I move love on from there. like this, right? It's always so much. I always seem to like, okay, open your brain, and now I'm going to pour this big gallon of information <laughs> into your brain, and I'll spill all over the place. I, I I get that, and I and I hate doing that, but sometimes you know you can review the podcast, listen to it again, and you're like, I'm glad you just kept on going because that way I can just re-listen to it, and I hope uh, there were some new things in there you may not be aware of. So teach new things for folks out there. I'm learning new things right. every day. It's like, well, I didn't know that was a feature, and I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, the more people you, know, you talk to, the more you learn, that's for sure. Right. And mm-hmm. now related to iOS 17.1, folks, is that if you are Microsoft Student AI, download the, the latest update. Oh, my gosh, they really made some changes in there I think you're going to like. If you like okay. to do my AI, they now have a scene channel where you can get more description. It's very much like the Be My Eyes uh, descriptions. Very cool. Awesome. Say that again, Thomas. What's it called? Microsoft Scene AI. S E E I N G AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I have that. Yeah. Just then, do the the most current um, update. Yes. Yes, it just came out last night, and it's got some pretty cool stuff in there. All right, I'm going to stop the recording. This has been a presentation of the Maryland State Library Agency. For links to additional resources provided by today's presenter, please visit the show notes. For more information on MSLA or the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled, visit MarylandLibraries.org.